Hey, everybody. Welcome to the show. Sorry, we just said something funny before we went on. Coming up, we've got a great, great show this week. Really excited about it. Disney Springs announces an Indiana Jones-themed bar, along with many other shops and restaurants, as the expansion at Downtown Disney continues. We'll talk about a rumor that another DVC edition may be coming to the Wilderness Lodge. And we're also going to talk a little about the upcoming Tomorrowland film, scheduled to open wide in wide release in theaters this coming Friday. And this is a film every Disney fan needs to see. Also, a little later on, Dustin and the team talk about this year's Star Wars weekends, including a dining review of the Galactic Breakfast character meal at the Sci-Fi Dine-In Theater. All that coming up next. From the Bob Barley Studio in Orlando, Florida, this is the Diz Unplugged. This is the Diz Unplugged, episode 805 for the week of May 19th, 2015. The Diz Unplugged is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at www.dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show coming to you from the Bob Varley Studio. We're coming to you live from the Bob Varley Studio in Orlando, Florida. I'm your host, Pete Werner. Joined at the table this week by my good friends, John Magi. Hi, everybody. Kevin Close. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> That's my tribute to Sophie on Two Broke Girls. Oh. <laughs> it's me. Jenny Lynn Knopf. Hey, guys. Julie Martin. Hello. And back in the production nook, our producer, Dustin West. Hi. Along with Rhino Clavin. Hello. Craig Williams, our associate producer. Hi. And back in the corner. The new Hamburglar. <laughs> my good friend, Kevin Gilburn. And for those of you who listened to the show years ago when Disney first started going to the Mediterranean, Kevin did a segment with us um, on the beaches in Nice that everyone should listen to because it was hilarious. Um, so really glad to be here. Um, really glad to only be doing a couple of shows today because last week we were recording like lunatics. Um, we were pre-recording our upcoming Disneyland event. Or we're calling it 7 and 7 Plus, the Disneyland edition. And it's plus because it's not just seven resorts. It's the theme parks, downtown Disney, Knott's Berry Farm, Universal Studios, uh, Hollywood. Uh, we're talking about a whole lot of stuff yeah. uh, next week. Uh, this begins Friday, May 22nd, is the first day of the event. It's going to run through Thursday, May 28th. We have produced 13 separate shows, 13 photo galleries, 14 overview videos, and 16 feature articles that are going to be going up throughout the week. Um, not to mention the fact that we're going to have a team that includes uh, Tom Bell and Mary Jo Willie from the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged, along with Craig Williams, out in California starting tomorrow, covering the events surrounding the 60th anniversary. So the new World of Color, the new fireworks show, new nighttime show. It's a whole bunch of stuff coming. So the next, basically the next nine or ten days is just going to be lots and lots of Disneyland. And uh, you'll be able to follow all of this, of course, on the Diz Facebook page, uh, facebook.com slash the Diz, and the Diz Unplugged Facebook page, uh, the Diz Twitter account, the Diz Unplugged Twitter account. It's going to be everywhere. Of course, you can go to the Diz homepage, www.info.com, and uh, find links there to everything that we're covering. So it's uh, it's a big week. We're celebrating the 60th 
anniversary with just a full blowout of content. More content, I think, than we've ever produced in a single event, with the exception maybe of the Around the World tour we did in two in September of 2000. Uh, so in the last 15 years, I can say safely, uh, this is the most uh, content we've ever produced for a a single event. Can I just throw it out there? If you're if you haven't subscribed uh, to our iTunes feed, you can go to disunplug.com and there's a link there to s- subscribe to our iTunes feed. So if you want to follow along with everything we're doing with the show, um, w- like you said, we're going to have 13 episodes coming up over uh, the seven days starting the 22nd. And uh, if you subscribe to iTunes, those will automatically uh, go into your iTunes feed, and that's how you can keep track of it there. Right, and that will be on our iTunes feed, not, uh, not necessarily the Disneyland. Right. I, I'm not sure if we even talked about uh, that. Um, we had talked to Tom about that, and maybe I should get back with him. He might want to throw a few of those in his feed, but um, all of them will be on the Disney World Edition feed, and we'll, we'll, I'll, I'll talk to Tom and see. So, yeah, those of you who want new shows, um, you've got a lot of shows coming out next week. Yeah. And we're really excited about it. I'm really proud of the job the team did putting this together. Um, you know, obviously, we've been going over all the content and kind of dotting the I's and crossing the T's, getting ready for the release on Friday. And really, everybody did tremendous, tremendous work. Uh, the articles are awesome. The videos are awesome. I felt really good about the shows we did, although at points, we were just so punchy because <laughs> I think we recorded... Uh, four shows on Wednesday. We recorded five shows mm-hmm. on Thursday and four shows on Friday. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it's it's exhausting doing one or two. But when you have to do, like... And, like, Wednesday in particular was really bad for those guys because they also had to do the uh, the trip that afternoon. Yeah. Uh, on Wednesday. Uh, it was Wednesday. They had to do yeah. the trip. Well, they do four episodes of this and then the trip. On Thursday, it was even more killer because you did the Universal show, and then we did the five shows, so that ran into the evening. And then we were up at 8 o'clock in the morning filming the next four. Now, these these will be uh, the, all our Disneyland shows that are coming up over the next week. They're, they're out of order in terms of the way we recorded them. So if you want to hear us at our punchiest, the last day, there's four episodes about the four off-property Good Neighbor Hotels. And those are the ones where we really kind it's, of... The wheels start off. coming off the wagon. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, so, you know, we're obviously covering the three on-property resorts at Disneyland. Uh, the Grand Californian, the Disneyland Hotel, and Paradise Pier, but we're also covering four good neighbor hotels, uh, the Residence Inn Anaheim, the Sheridan Park Anaheim, the Hilton Anaheim, and the Howard Johnson's in Anaheim. And uh, like I said, we also have shows on Universal Studios Hollywood, Knott's Berry Farms, Farm, excuse me, (laughs) Um, there's only one, and... uh, also, you know, the downtown Anaheim. Disney, Anaheim area, Southern California. Mm-hmm. We, we covered it all. If you want to go to Disneyland, or even if you don't want to go to Disneyland but want to know more about it, by the time you're done reading, watching, listening to everything that we've produced, you will be all set. You will be all yeah. set. So we're really excited about it. That begins May 22nd, Friday, this coming Friday, and will run through the following Thursday, May 28th. So be sure to tune in for that. Um, and while we're talking about Disneyland, let's give a shout-out to the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged. Uh, this week's uh, show, Nancy Johnson takes a look at shopping in Grizzly Peak, and Tony Spatel reviews counter-service breakfast options at the Disneyland Park. In the news, Mary Jo, uh, jo Willie visits the new Voyage to the Iron Reef attraction at Knott's Berry Farm, 
and Nancy talks about the redesigned Grizzly Peak Airfield. So that's coming up uh, this week. That's already up, I believe, this week yeah. uh, on the Disneyland show. Starting Monday. Yeah. And uh, that, uh, for those who don't know, the Disneyland edition goes live on Mixler, uh, M-I-X-L-R.com, every Sunday night, 8 p.m. Pacific, 11 p.m. Eastern. <coughs> Shows are released uh, Monday and Tuesday. They release their new show on Monday, yeah. their segment on Tuesday. And then, of course, Wednesday we have the trip. And uh, this week, what uh, what are you talking about? We're going to be talking about packing your snacks for travel this week. Awesome. Awesome. That's with Jenny Lynn Knopp and Teresa Eccles. That is Wednesday, 1 p.m. Eastern Time, disunplugged.com. And on Thursday, the Universal Edition. Yep. <laughs> Starring the one and only Craig Williams with other people. Still um, right. And uh, what are you talking about this week? Uh, this week we are, of course, well, we're doing a pre-recorded show. Uh, sorry to disappoint anyone who wanted to watch us live, but I just won't be here. I'll be out He's in California, as you already mentioned. Uh, but we're doing a pre-recorded show about a, uh, a recent dining review we did at the Leaky Cauldron with a uh, very... Uh, a very controversial picture of Jenny Lynn that <laughs> won't be included and will we'll not, never see the light of day any not. other time. Okay, thank you. I did not allow the picture yeah. to go up. Okay, thank you. Everyone wanders. I left the, my own picture. I left the discussion in, <laughs> just not the picture. Thank you. Uh, the picture of Jenny Lynn actually eating. <laughs> she did it. So controversial. She took a bite of something. It, it was amazing. Uh, so we'll be having our review of the Leaky Cauldron, as well as talking about a, a big Halloween Horror Nights announcement that just happened uh, about two hours ago. Oh, right. I saw it. Oh. Yeah. And Julie, Julie is very excited to go experience She's got that. feelings. Awesome. Uh, I also want to uh, let everybody know that uh, Tom Bell, uh, the host of the Disneyland edition of the Diz Unplugged, has been uh, coordinating the Diz efforts to be part of the Coasting for Kids event that is raising money for Give Kids the World at Cedar Fair Parks around the country. And he's been doing this for a few years. And uh, I'm very proud of him. Uh, he has done an amazing job this year, specifically. He's really been pushing it hard. We've been pushing it here on the show. Uh, we are now up to 61 participants, 61 Dizzers, wow. participating in... Uh, Parks, Cedar Fair Parks around the country, including Tom Bell and Mary Jo Willie from the Disneyland team. They'll be out at Knott's Berry Farm. Our own Will Perry is going to be at Kings Island in Ohio. And uh, currently, Dizzers are signed up to participate at Knott's Berry Farm, Dorney Park, Valley Fair, Cedar Point, Canada's Wonderland, Kings Island, Carowinds, Michigan's Adventure, and Worlds of Fun. Uh, the deadline to sign up is June 1st. And um, I didn't tell John about this, but... Uh, when we were recording the shows last week and Tom was telling me where, where they were with the fundraising, I said, so put something out. Dreams Unlimited will match the next 2500 that comes in. And it worked because I wanted to get them up to $10,000. They have now raised $7,600 plus $2,222 right? $2, from Dreams Unlimited that will match of that. $9,812 raised for Give Kids the World nice. from the Dis. Awesome. Right. So we got, I said to Tom, I wanted a 10000 so we still have another $188 left to raise. <laughs> and uh, let's, uh, let's go and do that. Um, but this is awesome. Deadline to sign up for this, June 1st, if you are within a reasonable driving distance, or even if you're not within a reasonable driving distance of a Cedar Fair Park, please consider 
raising some money for Give Kids the World. You don't actually have to ride coasters. It's all about showing up and raising money. And we'll have a link to it on the show notes page on disunplugged.com where you can find out what you need to do to sign up. But June 1st is the deadline. So please uh, please show your support and help us uh, maybe get this to 15000 See if we can push it and uh, go out and raise money. So that's that. Before I move on to poll results, anything else in housekeeping? Really? Nothing. All my stuff's done. Dizzapalooza is sold out. Dizzapalooza is sold out. Uh, Cash Cruise 6 is we've sold out of our group space, so my work is done here. <laughs> <laughs> it's now on to everybody. Yeah, um, Dizzapalooza sold out. 900 people be joining us for that party. 900 people. That's crazy. The largest one we've ever done. And so very, very excited about it. Very excited about it. And uh, so awesome. Awesome job. Thank you. It's my work anniversary. Does that count as housekeeping? Today's your work anniversary? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that's May right. May 19th, last year. Was it really? Yep, first I knew day. it was May. Yep, today's the day. Oh, well, congratulations. I made it a year. <laughs> she survived. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> she survived. Thrilled to have you, honestly. Are you hoping that word doesn't catch on? Work anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> I know Kevin very well. He has a sign on the way to your house that says Mathnasium. Oh, yeah. Math- oh, yeah. And I, I, every time it annoys me. <laughs> well, I think, I, yeah, I agree with you. I see that. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> Mathnasium. All right. Uh, let's get to the poll results from last week. We asked you, are you more likely to pay attention to Marvel films and Star Wars films now that they have become a part of the Disney universe? 11% of you said no. You have no interest in either Star Wars or Marvel. 13, oh, 11%. 13% said yes. I never paid much attention to either, but now it is piquing my interest. 38% said no. I was already a fan of Marvel and or Star Wars. And 39% of you said yes. I was already a fan, but Disney's involvement gets me even more excited. So only 11% of you had no interest at all. The rest of you, yep. <laughs> well, we'll see. You have young children. They will oh, force you. Those movies aren't even in my house. <laughs> we'll Give see. Give it time. Give it time. Uh, as we do every week, we select one person at random to get a $50 Disney gift card. This week's winner is Corey Mitchell. So congratulations, Corey. And um, kind of following along with that for next week's poll, which is already up as soon as it shows up we wanted to know what type of Disney films you prefer most is it the Pixar films films like Toy Story Cars Up uh, Walt Disney Animation films films like Tangled or Frozen live action films uh, like Maleficent Pirates of the Caribbean John Carter Tomorrowland I loved John Carter I thought that was a great movie yeah you're part of the 11%. <laughs> well, be that as it may, I think that movie would have done a lot better if Disney promoted it right. But anyway, uh, Marvel films like The Avengers or uh, Thor or Iron Man or Lucas films like Star Wars. And uh, we've had the uh, poll running already this morning on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash disunplugged. And right now it is Walt Disney Animation leading the pack with 42% of the vote. Uh, films like Tangled and Frozen, following a close second at 28%, is Pixar, and then live action, followed by it's almost a dead heat between Marvel and Lucasfilms. But clearly, uh, Walt Disney Animation 
And uh, we are going to talk a little later on in this show about Tomorrowland. We had an opportunity to see the film on Saturday. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit about that. But i got to tell you, from my standpoint, I feel like under Iger's leadership, with especially with the expansion of the acquisition of Pixar, the acquisition of Marvel, the acquisition of Lucasfilms, uh, we, are, we are in a new golden age of Disney films. And uh, I'm loving it. I'm loving everything I'm saying. I'm loving everything I'm saying. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that later on. But... Right now, it is time for Johnny and the News. We should actually call it. We should like call the segment <laughs> that, and have like graphics and music and stuff that come up. Johnny and the News. Johnny and the News. Johnny Lewis and the News. Kind of like on Jimmy Fallon, something really like kind of cheesy. <laughs> yeah, I, or something else. I, don't know. <laughs> I think there should just be video of Pico and Johnny and the News. <laughs> well, we have it on file now. Excellent. I was able to capture his expression. Well, I have all these musicians working for me. They should like create like Johnny and the News like songs. I was going to start singing one, but he's I looking at me like, He's looking at me like, yeah, go ahead and do it. See if I show up again. I stopped listening after you introduced me. So I'm just waiting for my next cue. He wants to finish his segment. I want to close out my segment. All right, our first news story. Disney Springs announces 13 new stores and shops, including an Indiana Jones-themed bar. Disney Springs, the revamped shopping, dining, and entertainment district at Walt Disney World, is getting 13 new stores and eateries, according to an announcement from Disney last Friday. Among the new options, eight stores including Zara, Pandora, and Lily Pulitzer. Among the five eateries are Sprinkles Cupcake, Cupcake Shop and Edison, which I have no idea what Edison is. I did some is. research on that. Edison is a really, really, it looks like a really cool bar in downtown Los Angeles, and it's all based on Edison and the start of the movie industry. Oh, wow. And Ooh. if you read it, I mean, their website is pretty cool. So I I think it sounds really neat. If you go, go um, Google Edison, Edison the bar, and I thought it looked pretty good. The menu looked pretty good. I'm done. All right. <laughs> also announced was the Indiana Jones themed lounge, which I can tell you. Excuse me, which I can tell you when that was announced. I was with these guys, and they all just kind of like yeah. lost it. Yeah. yeah, they were so excited by this pearl clutching moment. Pearl clutching. <laughs> the Indiana Jones based themed lounge will be opening at Downtown Disney this fall. Jock Lindsay's Hangar Bar, an aviation themed lounge, will be located between the Boathouse and Paradiso Thirty Seven. Fans of the films will remember Jock Lindsay as Indy's Indiana Jones' pilot. The aviation theme is easily recognizable with propeller ceiling fans, vintage travel posters, and letters between Jock and Indy. Love letters. <laughs> Seating for 150 is available both inside and out. The menu will inclu- include unique cocktails such as Hovito Mojito. Mojito. And appetizers like Air Pirates Everything Pretzels and uh, the Rolling Boulder Meatballs. It's already annoying. <laughs> yes, really. It's already, well, it's already too much. Okay, so here's my question. Does it make sense to put it at Downtown Disney? This seems like it's themed for the studio. studio. Right. I have a theory That's about exactly that. Well, Rhino's, Rhino's got a theory, okay. but I think it's pretty sound. Theories. I think, <laughs> I think it's pretty sound, actually. Um, my thing is they had to open an Indiana Jones-themed something because I'm sure that that stunt show is about to close and go away if they're going to do the Star Wars land and then that would mean that Orlando was the only Disney property that didn't have like an Indiana Jones themed 
something. something. So I think that's a patchwork. I think that's like opening because <laughs> something else is going to happen. Well, well, they've already talked about the fact that there will be. I mean, didn't they announce that there's going to be another Indiana Jones movie? I, well, yeah, I, I wrote in one of the articles I sent Pete that um, it, with some Vanity Fair interview or something like that with Kathleen Kennedy that she was saying that they're they want to do another one and not like a reboot or something like that but that it's on the radar on the horizon that's what she said here's the deal with the bar though um in terms of it fitting into hollywood studios especially with a lucasfilm or star wars or indiana june jones uh themed area in the future that's that's great i agree with that but it also beyond the indiana jones theme it fits perfectly in the area that they're talking about next to the boathouse yeah and next to paradiso you're on the water these are these are um planes you know water planes and it's that whole theme so i think that except that it doesn't fit along with the storyline of disney springs which is supposed to be a community that grew up around an an old florida city bottling community where does indiana jones fit into the bottling industry but i think you could i think you doesn't either then that was where the where does zara well except that those are stores that i mean the idea is that it's this old bottling community that has developed into a um entertainment district but still again where does indiana jones fit into why can't jock Lindsay just Move into that Disney Springs and open up a bar. Right, just exactly. like apparently all these he, other he's going to open well, up. <laughs> did you ever read the storyline along the old Pleasure Island? That and, was really and they confusing. Had a disco. That was a very confusing, weird. Well, story. let me <laughs> let, let me say this. Let me say this. Uh, I have certainly shared my displeasure with the way the transition, the construction transition has gone in terms of going from downtown Disney to Disney Springs. Uh, of course, you know, uh, I've, I've ranted more than once about the 18 months it took to build a parking garage and the amount of construction that has been going on and the way it seemed to me like the guest experience was simply not considered in any of this and they had, had absolutely no plan. And I stand by that because I think they went into this without any plan. They knew what they were going to build. They had no plan for how they were going to move guests in and out of it. Um, however, with all that said, Saturday, as I mentioned, I had a chance to go over to downtown Disney and uh, see a sneak, pe- a sneak peek of the Tomorrowland movie. And uh, it was Dustin, Rhino, Craig, and myself. And now, granted, we got there at 8.30 in the morning. And it was very nice to just park. Uh, saw the movie, a great movie. Walked around for a little while, did a little bit of shopping, went over to the boathouse and had lunch. And while I thought it was a little expensive, that place is gorgeous. And the food was phenomenal. And it was about 2 o'clock when we left. And it was very nice. It wasn't overly crowded. The construction walls have been moved back a lot. So there's a lot more room to walk. You don't feel like you're walking through a construction site anymore. And even though there are still walls up and things are still being done, it was very enjoyable to be at Downtown Disney for the first time in over two years. That I can say I had a really nice day. Now, of course, Saturday nights, I'm sure it's still a nightmare parking and, you know, things like that. I haven't been over there on a Saturday night yet. Uh, Not recently, anyway. But I'm just reporting this particular experience. I've always felt and always said that I think Disney Springs is going to be awesome once it's done. 
I don't have a, I, I'm very excited about, I've been very excited about what they're doing at Disney Springs. The problem I had was the way they've been handling the construction. But it was very, very nice for me to have that experience and say, wow, that was really nice being at Downtown Disney. I have to agree with you. I was there, I guess it was a few weeks back. I went to go see Avengers 2 when it was mm-hmm. released. And I went to the Fork and Dine. And um, it was very pleasant. And as far as the parking garage goes, it's a bit intimidating, but at the same time, amazing. Have you ever parked in the parking garage? We did, yeah. That whole thing where you drive through and it tells you how many slots are left in each row. Yeah, is, that's that very cool. That blows my mind. You're driving past, because that's one of the things I hate about uh, parking at the airport. You know, you go to go down a row, have no idea whether there's actually going to be a parking space available for you before you have to turn to another row. This one, you just keep driving until the little sign above tells you, we have three slots left. And it's very accurate, because when I pulled into the row to I there was two cars that parked mine and another by the time I walked out of my road to walk into downtown Disney the sign had already changed and said we only have one slot left better McBitterson is uh, nodding no, his head no I was that. there on Sunday night and on I had the same experience that it, the parking works so well the past couple times I did it and Sunday night it just it was a mess every row said it had one or two spaces and I drive down and then there was just nothing there they were all filled up, and it happened down multiple rows. So I think they still do have a few kinks to work out with their new system. But I'm sure, if it I'm sure they do. I'm sure they do. Um, obviously, late at, you know, weekend evenings, Friday evenings, place is going to be nuts. It's just going to be nuts. Um, Parking is going to be difficult. My point here is that at least from the standpoint of going from West Side, walking over to Pleasure Island. Um, having lunch and coming back, I had a really, really nice experience. I'm not saying that there aren't still issues. There are. There's still construction. There's going to be construction going on for another year. They're not scheduled to finish this until spring of 2016. So there's still going to be stuff going on. I'm just saying that if I'm going to make a point of talking about the bad, I've got to make every bit as much effort into talking about the good. And that's why I I wanted to make a point of saying this, that I'm excited to go back. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a positive experience. It was a positive Mm -hmm. experience. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed walking over and seeing what's really starting to form in the old Pleasure Island. And I got to tell you, the boathouse blew me away. Just how beautiful it is. And I think we're going to see that level of detail and that level of theming with the <laughs> Indiana Jones theme bar. And one of my points earlier was if you if you take away that Indiana Jones theme from all of it, I think it still has a place there. And I think it still is going to be a, a really well-themed uh, dockside bar in that space in Pleasure Island. It's going to be just as good as the boathouse. Well, and these themed bars, you know, we're talking like Trader Sam's. I mean, Trader mm-hmm. Sam's really was kind of where... I think it started for them with these themed, truly themed bars. And it seems like they're kind of taking that and 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 building on it. Mm-hmm. And I love that. We I, even have the temporary one that we'll be talking about later in Star Wars Weekends. This year they mm-hmm. set up the Rebel Hangar Lounge. Yeah. And while there's no official announcement on Disney Parks blog or anything, if you looked in the comments of this article in Disney Parks blog, uh, they did confirm that there will be collectible mugs for uh, different drinks, um, just like they do at Trader Sam's. Awesome. And if you That's go great. back two years ago whenever 
the rumblings first happened about Disney Springs happening, I remember we kept talking about how Trader Sam's was one of the bars on the list that was going to come to downtown Disney. Mm -hmm. And then they finally made the right decision, put it at the Polynesian. So obviously they were going to replace it with something else. Exactly. This is something extremely solid, in my opinion. It also sounds along the same lines. This Edison bar is the same type of thing. You know, it's a themed bar. And I, I'll, I'll tell you something. Here's, here's what's going to happen. Once they're all done with this, the big problem with downtown Disney, it's going to be even more popular than it was before because mm-hmm. it was always crowded. It was mm-hmm. always difficult to find parking. It's going to be even worse and this is, when it opens. This is the new version of Pleasure Island. People don't necessarily want dance clubs now. They want these themed bars, especially right. Disney fans. And I think we are going right, to see crowds like you know, We're too fat to dance, so, <laughs> but we're not too fat to drink. So that's what we want. I get it. I'm right there with you. Yeah. That could be the, th- the tagline for the new show. <laughs> too fat to dance. Too fat to too dance. Fat to dance. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much. I'm right there with you. All right. All right. On to our second news story. Disney Cruise Line announces changes to select itineraries. This is kind of scary. Disney Cruise Line has changed the ports for some of their current and upcoming sailings. On the 14-night westbound Panama Canal cruise that left Miami on May 1st, the Disney Wonder was scheduled to visit Puerto Vallarta on May 12th. Instead, the ship spent the day at sea after receiving reports of violence between gangs and police in the area. Including warnings from the U.S. Embassy. Yeah, that's good. Guests are notified of the change uh, with a letter in their stateroom. Import charges and excursions were all refunded for that stop since they didn't get a chance to stop there. Obviously, the right choice. Mm-hmm. European itineraries on the Disney Magic will not be visiting Reykjavik, Iceland, and St. John's, Newfoundland, Canada for the time being. Excessive amounts of ice have been reported around St. John's, so that port will be skipped and replaced with Halifax, Canada. Do the length Re- of time. A r- really good alternative. Yeah. Gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous Love city. Halifax. Gorgeous city. Due to the length of time needed to sail around, Reykjavik will be replaced with Stevinger, Norway. Uh, as with Puerto Vallarta, any changes to port, excur- uh, port adventures and taxes and fees will be refunded. It's unclear exactly how long any of these changes will remain in place. Unfortunately, what's happened, though, is there's quite a few people now who are complaining that Disney has ruined their cruise and their vacation. Are you serious? Yes. We're seeing so it already. So they'd rather like, have their own Titanic? They'd rather take the chance that the ship will be damaged. Yeah, yet. look, you know what? First of all, There's a reason Disney stopped doing the Mexican Riviera cruises out of Los Angeles a few years ago. And this was it. It's not safe. It's not safe. So if you want to, I'll tell you what, you know, you're so upset about missing Puerto Vallarta. There are planes that go there. Why don't you go ahead and fly to Puerto Vallarta? Take your chances on your own. I don't think it's that one that's got people the most upset. I think it's Reykjavik. Okay, so you, you'd rather do, you, you know, uh, these people want to reenact Titanic? We Is that it? We built a ship for you, Rose. Yeah. <laughs> I built a good <laughs> ship, Rose. Um, you know, it's... People will complain. Yeah, and when they complain in the face of safety, then, yeah. you know, you, you got you to gotta question certain things like their intelligence or did they hit their head. I'm proud of Disney. They haven't they haven't folded. And they shouldn't. I agree. They won't. They won't. They're not, you know, look, we can criticize them on any number of things. When it comes to safety, 
They're very, very, very good. They're better than most, if not better than all other cruise lines. They are allowing people to change their itineraries. But people are looking for, you know, shipboard credits and things like that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Discounts. Hand out, hand out, hand out. So Disney should hold. Yeah. They haven't done anything yet. You know what? Read your ticket contract. That's what I was going to say. Read your ticket contract, the one you agreed to when you booked. If you weren't okay with the possibility of this happening, you shouldn't have booked. And guess what? If you're not okay with the possibility of this happening, you're not going to be able to cruise on any cruise line because they all say the same thing. We reserve the right to change these itineraries based on certain factors, like are you going to get shot or are we going to sink? (laughs) Okay? So if you're one of the people whining and complaining about this itinerary change, you really, really, really need to do some soul-searching about what the hell is wrong with you. Yeah, those are things that could ruin your vacation. Shot, yeah, getting shot and sinking. Uh-huh. Yeah, they would make me. Upset. Yeah, let's 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 go visit the bottom of the North Atlantic. That would be that'd be next itinerary stop. So all right, all right. And our third news story: rumor, Waterside Disney Vacation Club Villas coming to Disney's Wilderness Lodge. The rumored Waterside Disney Vacation Club Villas at Disney's Wilderness Wilderness Lodge Resort may soon be coming to fruition. Disney's Imagineering has filed permits with the South Florida Water Management District that show construction planned for the east and west sides of Wilderness Lodge up against Bay Lake. Unlike the Bora Bora bungalows at Disney's Polynesian Village Resort, the one-story buildings do not appear to be built over the water. Plans show 26 villas, new restaurants, pools, and recreation buildings. The current pools look to be getting some upgrades as well. There have been no official announcements made by Disney about the addition. I am 100,000% on board with any expansion they want to do to DVC at Wilderness Lodge. Yeah. After we did the 7 and 7 back in February, 7 resorts in 7 days, and one of the places we stayed was in a villa, a one-bedroom, a two-bedroom villa yeah. at Wilderness Lodge. I felt madly, madly in love. Like with those rooms, other they than are they are gorgeous. They're absolutely gorgeous. They were so it was so comfortable, and well appointed, and well decorated. And I loved the building. And I loved everything about it. So anything they do to expand on that, I'm all in. There's the rumor is that there's going to be 13 villas on each side of like the boat dock, and the ones as you're headed out to the right of the boat dock are supposed to go right around to River Country. Which means that once they start developing that, watch River Country get developed. River mm-hmm. Country will be a DVC resort. Absolutely, <laughs> positively. Oh, wow. Could you imagine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So uh, I'm, I'm really excited about this. And I, I'll tell you, every time, <laughs> you know, we're staying on property this week uh, around the 24-hour event. Going to be at the Contemporary again because, honest to God, I've fallen in love with the Contemporary. Um, but I actually looked for Wilderness Lodge Villas first. Couldn't find anything to rent, um, you know, to book as a hotel room. And I couldn't find anything. That's the downside of it. Uh, is it they're, they're probably among the hardest units to get if you're not a DVC member. Um, but I'll tell you, just a- a- absolutely, I'm, I'm hoping that this is true and that they anything they can do to build more at, at Wilderness so Lodge. So I, I wonder what the, you know, you know, beyond 
being part of Wilderness Lodge. I wonder what the draw is to being on the waterfront. Obviously, with the Polynesian, you have the view of the castle and the fireworks. Uh, well, there's uh, a couple of things. First of all, back there is beautiful. It is yeah. gorgeous, gorgeous back there, yeah. The water back there. But there, the other side of River Country, the side that sort of wraps around Bay Lake, what we're hearing, too, is that some of those will actually have fireworks views. Okay. They're going to go far enough up that little spur of a river. Yeah, you would be able to see the contemporary. contemporary so you'll be able to catch the fireworks. Towards the canal. You know where the canal is that goes up that way? Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what you just said, huh? That's exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> did you He's say translating it? from John Did into you say it as well? I did. I didn't say there. I said it. All right. That'll do it for the news. All right. Thank you, John. We are going to move on to Rapid Fire. And we haven't heard John talk enough, so we're going to start with John. Um, I have a public service announcement. This is something that crossed my desk that I thought was kind of a little bit scary and creepy. The more you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, There's a new Facebook-like farming scam out there that offers Disney World vacations as bait. And basically what's happening is someone's going out and setting up a fake Facebook page that looks very much like the official Walt Disney World Facebook page, getting you to like it, and become part of that page and engaged and then once they have a whole bunch of people on there then they start putting out things that are um, uh, spam and scam and some malware so just be super careful make sure you're on the official Walt Disney World Facebook page if you're out there looking around for information okay thank you John I have a public service announcement also, but my rapid fire is that Adventures by Disney has added two new dates to their Danube River Cruises, August 4th and December 15th. These are selling really, really well. There's Mm -hmm. not a lot of staterooms left available, but these two dates are open at this point. My public service... Before you go on, that last cruise, that 15th, they're guaranteeing you will go to the uh, Christmas markets. These will make special stops at the Christmas, at the Christmas markets. markets. Oh. Yeah, so that's a pretty cool cruise. Oh. My public service announcement is um, a while back, Teresa had a very bad experience with a phone call. And just last week, I got the same call. Uh, someone calls you, usually on your cell phone, and tells you they're with Florida Highway Patrol and they're at Florida Hospital. And someone you know has been hurt. And then they want money before they can help the person on the in the hospital. And Teresa had this, and they talked about her son. Mm-hmm. They're saying that this is coming from information on Facebook and Twitter. The person called me. I got the phone number. Um, tried to call it back, and no one answered, and eventually called the police. And the police are well aware of this. But one of the things you should be highly aware of is it comes very fast, and they're sort of yelling at you. And you immediately start thinking, who do I know that's out on the road? Who do I know that I don't know where they are? Take a second and be calm. Because See, what was scary is that they had her son's name. Right. But they got that from Facebook. Right, exactly. Right. What kind of car he drove? Once I sounded, once I started asking questions, who are you? Who's hurt? They hung up on me. Yeah. Um, I also think I sounded more forceful than... They were going to. They didn't. Yeah. They, they didn't think they were going to deal with me, but I have called the police, and the police are aware of this. Um, just be aware if you get one of these weird phone calls that chances there's a chance it's a scam. Yeah. Don't give anybody any money over the phone. No hospital will require you to pay in advance. Right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. Thank you, Kevin. Jenny Lynn. 
Um, so my <coughs> rapid fire has to do with Legoland, Florida. They just opened up their first hotel on May 15th. There's 152 rooms, and they are... It's a small hotel. And they come in four different themes. So there's a pirate theme, the adventure theme, the kingdom theme, which I think is like knights and princesses. And, cool. and then the one that was just released was with their um, Lego Friends line. That's kind of, I think, their attempt to target young girls, you know, because Legos, I think, kind of skewed towards boys a little bit. So um, the last themed room for the Friends also uh, ties in with the expansion that's going to be coming to Legoland. They're adding Heart Lake City, which is the setup of their Lego Friends um, storyline. And um, if you book a stay, overnight stays at this hotel include a full buffet. Uh, buffet? Buffet. Give me your warrant. Oh, my gosh. My Capone's days, my days at Capone's just crept up on me. Okay. Um, <laughs> sorry. Full buffet breakfast. <laughs> I really just said buffet. Okay. Um, it also ha- includes exclusive master model builder sessions, which I know my son would go crazy over, early resort admission. I thought this was cool. They include a treasure hunt with Lego prizes in every room. So they set up a treasure hunt for children. That Just give me the prize. Don't make me work for it. And then they go on the hunt throughout the room and then, you know, find the Lego prize at the end. There's also nightly Lego building competitions, nightly entertainment, and then access to their boardwalk and heated pool. Okay, I gotta tell you they're the truth. They're boardwalking what? Heated a, a pool. Heated pool. I thought you said they're eating pool. And thought, <laughs> that's even more gross than the buffet. <laughs> um, I haven't been to Legoland, so this isn't said from any experience. I I just have no interest. I just well, it's geared towards yeah. younger children. You would have no interest. Mm-hmm. Um, my my Margot, she's fifteen, would have no interest. Okay. Miller would have an interest because he's but don't you think that Legos. really, really seriously limits their sure, audience? Sure, yeah, if, it's not going. To, they're not going to have the pull of Disney. Legos are super popular. I mean, kids right. are Lego crazy, especially boys. Yeah, I mean, Miller is. And obsessed. there's a Buffett. There's, there's a, a Buffett. Um, no, it definitely limits them. They're not going to be getting why a wide demographic. This is geared towards children. Okay. That's why the hotel is small. Yeah, not a lot yeah. Of rooms. Good right. for them. Thank you, JL. I have no sir. Oh, there it goes. I have had no service in here, and I haven't been able to pull it up. So maybe now I can. It just came on. (laughs) I was like, oh, no. I'm not going to have a rapid fire. But mine was about Chef Mickey's. Um, They're going to be adding brunch. I'm excited about this. Um, So it's going to be starting on May 22nd. The hours are 1130 to 230 p.m. Um, I think they start taking reservations on the 22nd. Oh, reservations, yeah. Reservations open. Um, but the brunch begins May 31st. So um, the menu's going to expand from the regular breakfast offerings to include soup and salads, um, which will be like Caesar, seafood, broccoli, antipasto, chicken, and caprese. Um, hot dishes will include like barbecue ribs, seafood, etouffees. Okay. I'm not sure if I would trust Disney's etouffee. Right, exactly. (laughs) Authentic. And baked salmon. Uh, Mickey Waffles, ice cream, and bakery treats are also on the menu. So I think this is a a great way for people who who aren't able to get in for those breakfast, lunches, and dinners because that place is always packed. It's hard to get a reservation. It is very hard. Now that you can have brunch, that's kind of cool. I think it's cool that they're. I'm not an early riser, especially on vacation. I'm not front of the park rope drop kind of guy so I love the fact when they serve breakfast a little bit later yeah. mm-hmm. um, I, I am I, I wasn't being sarcastic when I said I'm very excited about this I've actually got this on my 
on my calendar to remember to call on the 22nd to uh, to get reservations because I, I really want uh, I really want to try it. I really want to try it. Maybe we can go review it. So, all right. Well, thank you, Julie. Let's head back to you, Dustin. Yeah. Um, Walt Disney World is kicking off the coolest summer ever on May 22nd. Oh, Lord. And when does the game show start? <laughs> <laughs> I just had to throw that in there. Um, and one of the things they're doing, uh, obviously, for uh, May 22nd is the um, 24-hour event at the Magic Kingdom. So excited. Yeah, it's going it, to be, be uh, fun, and, and we'll be there. But uh, one of the things that they offer at the 24-hour is these new uh, commemorative T-shirts. And it has Olaf on it, and it says... Um, Imagine, uh, what does it say? Imagine how much cooler I'll be in 24 hours. Ooh, yeah. And uh, the cool thing about these shirts is that they are color-changing, kind of like the... um, Del Sol. The Del Sol shirts. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. uh, (laughs) Uh, um, And they are... uh, Sorry. They're going to be found at the Emporium on Main Street, USA, in the Magic Kingdom. Uh, But they'll also be offered from May 22nd to May 31st at the DisneyStore.com slash park events. And, of course, there's going to be other commemorative uh, merchandise during the 24-hour events, including, like, uh, cupcakes and stuff like that. And the world just saw Craig kiss Rhino on the neck. <laughs> yeah, sorry. It was a whisper. Butterfly kisses. A, sweet, a whisper of sweet nothing. What I think it's cool about the shirts is they're actually going to be mood shirts. So the later it gets and the more <laughs> upset you are, the darker so the color. So as soon as I put it on, it's black. Exactly. <laughs> Yours is going to be a filthy brown. See, I, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued by this shirt, and I would love to get this shirt, but I won't wear, I won't wear crew neck. You always see me either in a polo like I'm wearing now or in a V-neck. And there's a reason for that because I got a really fat neck. And when I wear a crew neck, I've been choked to death. <laughs> it's like, where's your damn neck? Because I'm like, like this. And like, it's only certain hats I can wear because if I wear most hats, I look like an egg. Humpty <laughs> <laughs> Dumpty. <laughs> you know, I gotta, I, I, you know, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta oh, pick boy. your battles here. And, um, so I love, but I love, you know, I look at shirts like that. I'm like, oh, that's so cool. I wish they had it in a V-neck. It, and then when they do, a lot of times when they do have it in a V-neck, it's for women. Mm-hmm. And then you sit there and ask yourself the question, could I pull it off? <laughs> um, it's one of those, it's one of those shirts that I would buy as a commemorative thing and wear it maybe that day or during this event. But it, there's so much going on with the graphics on it. I, I probably, don't like it personally. I wouldn't wear it after the fact, I think. Um, but it is nice that they have a, a commemorative shirt. It is. Event. It's cool. And other merchandise. I'm, I'm just, I love the 24 hour event. It was so yeah. much fun. The last year was the first time I did it. Yeah. And it was so much fun. And doing it again this year, really, really excited. So, all right. Thank you, Dustin yep. Rhino. Um, so, Bob Iger has suggested that um, the TV division could be getting something um, extra in the future, um, mainly a Star Wars or a Marvel channel. Um, mm. the, he was had an interview, or I'm sorry, a conference call, um, and he was asked about the chances of Disney unleashing its own streaming service, and his response suggested that um, they're all continually looking at ways to expand their brands. His quote was, We have said that with these channels and these brands, ESPN, ABC, Disney, maybe even down the road, something related to Star Wars and Marvel, we do have an ability as a company to take products, specifically filmed entertainment, television, movies, um, directly to our consumers. So it's raised a lot of questions about, you know, that that might become a future, whether it be like an app for an Apple TV or um, an actual, like, something off of Disney XD or something like that. But, I mean, I, I... 
it sounds cool to me. I, I'm not sure how much Star Wars material there is well, to look, keep I mean, anyone entertained. Well, you, I like, mean, you've got you've got Clone Wars, you've got Rebels, you've got all their animated stuff. Plus, you've got uh, the movies, and of course, the Ewok movies. Which uh, I yeah. yeah, I mean, I grew up on those before I saw yeah, Star Wars. There's, so there's, I'll never make fun of those. I, I think they have a solid 24 hours of rotating things yeah. that they could play every day. But with Marvel now, they have so many. They have yeah. the you know so many TV shows that are in development. They've their Cartoon movie shows. universe has gotten to a point where. I, It'd be interesting. Is it like a paid service? Maybe they get the comic books to go with Does it. Does Disney produce the uh, like the cartoon, um, like uh, the cartoon versions of some of these things, like the cartoon Hulk and the, yeah, like the Guardians of the Galaxy TV yeah. show that's coming out? Yeah, that's all. It's, it's all, all Disney. through Disney. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So interesting. Interesting. All right. Thank you, Rhino. Craig. Okay, I've got uh, two rapid fires. One's kind of breaking, but uh, Disney Parks blog just posted about twenty minutes ago that they are doing a special event for the kickoff of Coolest Summer Ever. Um, you want me so, to say it for you, right? What's that? The Coolest Summer Ever. Thank you. Thank you for filling in on that. So uh, <laughs> if you go to Disney Parks blog right now and uh, click on the link for the article, which is entitled, Join Us for Breakfast Tomorrowland in 24 Hours at Walt Disney World Resort, uh, you have the chance to enter a drawing that will be a total of 250 chosen to start on May 22nd at 6 a.m. with a breakfast at Cosmic Rays, and then after that you're being bussed over to downtown Disney to see a free screening of Tomorrowland, and then you have the rest of the day, if you want to, enjoy the 24-hour event. But it's not a preview because it comes out that day, right? It does, but you get to see a free screening of it, and as someone who enjoys free things, (laughs) I would be really up for this if I was around. Um, so that is happening. Go to Disney Parks blog if you actually want to find out more about that and sign up. And then my other rapid fire, which is probably far more important to people out there, but uh, Disney Cruise Line announced their itineraries for fall 2016, including New York, Galveston, and Miami. The Disney Magic will sail from New York in October 2016 on a variety of Bahamian, right? Bahamian and Canadian itineraries. Buffett. Uh, <laughs> the Bahamian sailings will include a stop at Port Canaveral, uh, just one hour from Walt Disney World Resort. Yay! Uh, guests will be transported to theme parks for the day. Tickets will include the park hopping option. Other ports on the sailings will include Castaway Key and Nassau. Canadian itinerary will have Halifax, Nova Scotia, St. John, New Brunswick. Uh, the Disney Wonder will set sail from Galveston in November and December with seven-night Bahamian and Caribbean itineraries. Uh, then the Disney Magic will also sail from Miami on a series of seven-night voyages to Eastern and Western Caribbean. Western Caribbean itineraries will include Key West, Grand Cayman, Cozumel, and Castaway Key. Eastern Caribbean will include, in- include wow, Tortola, St. <laughs> Thomas, Castaway Key. Why did you guys let me speak this much? It's just like in the Universal I'm asking show. myself the same question. Did I get everything? I always want to encord you. I think I got everything. <laughs> One of the interesting things about this is that uh, when you rebook on board the ship, there's certain benefits that you get. You get a discount. You get a shipboard credit. All of the sailings out of New York City have been blocked out of the onboard booking perks. I think that kind of stinks because I think this is a opportunity for them to get a really big portion of the Northeast to sail on their ships. But who am I to judge? I'm John Magi. For us. Right. Uh, what's the other thing, too, I wanted to say, too, is I'm surprised they're going out of Galveston again. I'm surprised, yeah. So am I. I mean, they stopped going to Galveston because their prices were double everybody else's and nobody was sailing. Same thing out of New York. 
um, you know, somebody from Royal Caribbean told us once, we're thrilled when Disney comes to New York because we're not the most expensive ones in the city anymore. <laughs> and their business, Royal Caribbean gets a lot of business because people price out Disney and go, oh, God, I'm not paying that. Then look at Royal and say, okay, that seems more reasonable. And they go with Royal. I think it's interesting that on their Eastern Caribbean um, itineraries, they've taken out, say, Tortola. And they added Tortola. Yeah. They did that a little bit this year, too, in the last year into this year. That's it. All right. I'm sending my email right now. That's smart. <laughs> so, okay. So thank you, Craig. Uh, that will do it for Rapid Fire. Before we wrap up, we do want to talk a little bit about the movie we got a chance to see, some of us got a chance to see on Saturday. This was not part of a media preview. This was actually uh, something that was offered to DBC members, John Goddison, and, uh, which I thought was a really cool perk. DBC member, the DBC member services does this quite a bit. I had the opportunity to try to get into the Avengers a week before it started. The problem I have is I never seem to be fast enough. As soon as you get this email, you have to jump on it. I was lucky enough to get in on this one. So um, I'm glad you guys had a chance to see it. It was not something I wanted to do, so I'm glad you guys get a chance to do it. I, uh, I've been very excited about this movie. and not really understanding what the movie would be about, even up until the point that I saw it. I watched the trailers, and it's like, okay, it looks cool, and it's got George Clooney in it, and I like George Clooney. And I got I to gotta tell you something, you know, it... I don't know how much of an appeal this is going to have to non-Disney fans. I'm already seeing that coming up in some of the reviews. Although the reviews generally have been quite good. It's about 70% last time I looked on Rotten Tomatoes. 73 as of right 70, before we started the show. Okay, so 73% Rotten Tomatoes. That's usually a pretty good indication. Um, it, but if you're a Disney fan, the way they have not just woven elements... And I don't want to, you know, give away too much of it here. I, you really need to go read the incredible review Craig wrote. It just beautifully written review, by the way, Craig. Thank you. Um, I'll have a link to that in the show notes page, disunplugged.com. It's also uh, linked from the Diz homepage, www.info.com. But uh, the way they wove in elements, not just of the theme parks, but also um, the... Uh, you know the the whole philosophy of Walt mm-hmm. um, into this re- and created this original story. It was amazing. If anything, you know, it was it was about Tomorrowland and Walt's concept for Tomorrowland. But I think it's even more about his concept of the experimental prototype community of tomorrow. I think it's very much that uh, a fictionalized version of what you know Walt could have imagined um, in Epcot. And that's kind of the theme of the movie is, you know, a a positive, innovative uh, uh, experience and how that can go right and how that can go wrong and what we can take away from that and learn from that. And I I think that is is key to a lot of Disney fans' um, image of Walt, you know, and, and what is one of the things that they love so much about the theme parks in general. Yeah, some of the strangest feedback we've gotten on Facebook has definitely not been about Walt Disney's ideas and his philosophy in life about always, you know, keep moving forward, always doing better. Instead, they've chosen to hearken on the thinking he's a Nazi aspect and really weird yeah, stuff the like that. Yeah, the internet for you. It's really, so, really we'll bizarre. there all the time. How about the the overall? What's, what's the storytelling like? Is what? it well written? Well, hold on, it? hold on a second. I also love the ones. 
that are saying, oh, this is just a biased review because we're Disney fans. And I want to say, why don't you go read his review of Maleficent and then tell me <laughs> that he writes glowing reviews because he's a Disney fan? Well, I even put what I would give it if I was just going in as a movie fan, but I wrote it all from a Disney aspect. Yeah, I flat out admitted, so they didn't read it. They're just liars. Yeah. <laughs> to to, to John, I think the marketing does the movie a disservice. To be honest with you, John, like I, because it's I the vibe I got. I'm a repeat trailer watcher too. Like I'll watch every trailer for a movie that comes out. Um, there was a lot my, of action in the trailer. My issue, it's not even that it was action. It, this movie does not take place in Tomorrowland very much, and that's the name of the movie, and that's. I think that they shouldn't have marketed it like that. I, should, I think it would have been nicer if they focused on that optimism side. My, of issue, funny is, you should say that. my I, issue is with like Kevin watched it and we saw the first trailer and he said, "Oh, I'm excited about this." And then he saw the second one yeah. where it was all, you know, future spacey stuff. And he said, "I'm not going to go see no, it." This is a character story. Yeah. If anything, it's an optimism story. And Great it's message. A, and it's a character story. And I, these are good. Don't, heartwarming characters. I don't think the trailer did it any service. As John said, it turned me off. I, I don't think... Um, one of the things that I was looking forward to this, and I, I want to like put a little asterisk in there for people who might have also been looking forward to this, is anybody who's read about the making of this movie, is that they made a huge deal about recreating the World's Fair. And I had a friend who was very excited to see this movie because of that, and I said, if that's the only reason you're going to see this movie... Um, you should rethink your oh choices because it's it's not in the movie very much. No, it's and, not. And it, and it clearly was they just shot it at Disneyland's um, Small World and just tried to cheat the shots, I think. But, but I mean, I, what I said to Dustin immediately afterwards, these guys after the movie, is that it's probably going to have an amazing collection of special features when it comes out on Blu-ray yeah. that I think we'll all be very interested in looking into because I'm sure it's going to delve right into that stuff and the type of research they did for that movie. Well, it just didn't make it into the final just cut. Just as, as a fan... I appreciate the <laughs> the care and attention that went into bringing some of these really prized pieces of Disney lore and legend and attractions into this film. It wasn't done cheaply. It wasn't done um, cliche. It was really done to further the story yeah. and done with a lot of respect. And it wasn't overdone. It wasn't like, you know, there was Disney product placement at every yeah. at every turn. They established they establish the story at the sixty four World's Fair and then they proceed from there. And I thought, you know, I thought it was a great story. I like I said there was a lot of optimism in this. There were elements of the kind of the old fifties sci fi films, which I thought was really cool. Um I I, I liked the way it looked. I liked the way the story was told. I can't wait to see it again. Yeah. I cannot wait to see it again. And I think, uh, you know, Disney is, uh, they're predicting that it'll do $50 million its opening weekend, which would be a good opening for them. And this is a big risk, though, because this is not based on, you know, a previous work. This is an original story. And it's not a sequel. It's not a reboot. No. And right now, Hollywood is all about sequels and reboots. That was nice. So this is a big risk. And they've spent some money on this, $170 million developing this. It's a higher concept, too. Like the high, you know, you, It's hard to market a little bit because there's some stuff in it. You it's a movie for around. adults, in other words? No. I mean, well, it certainly has appeal for kids, yeah, I think. It um, reminds me of like... But, um, absolutely. The, the old, like, uh, I was saying, uh, Swiss Family Robinson, like that type of a Disney movie that, like... Has that mature elements to it, but it's still for everybody. And it's not—it's—it's it, it, not loaded with jaded cynicism, and it's no. not appealing to people who are jaded cynics. It's really appealing. <laughs> it's <laughs> appealing to you know. It, it, it appeals to optimism, yeah. and it. <laughs> Though 
I just thought I personally thought I'm not a film guy. I don't sit and I don't debate films the way these three back there do. Um, and not that there's anything wrong with that. I go into a movie and I'm either entertained or I'm not. And I was thoroughly, completely entertained by this film from the minute it started till the minute it ended, and I felt really good about it. And I can't wait to go see it again. And if you are a Disney fan, I think you're going to love this film. I really do. And, uh, you know, I, I, I have no horse in this race. Uh, we don't work with, you know, the Disney studio. We don't, you know, promote their films or anything like that. But as a Disney fan, I absolutely yeah. loved it. I just wanted to mention, uh, in terms of the kids' aspect, because it is a PG film, uh, so you'd think it might be okay for some kids. I'd say if they're probably eight or older, they'll be okay with some of the more disturbing elements. There are the, some disturbing it's images. a yeah. doomsday in movie, parts, yeah. in, in a sense. It's all about the But even of the some world. of the fight scenes, some things happen in some of the fight yeah. scenes that maybe a little disturbing you know just because they're ripping the head off of an android doesn't mean they're not ripping the head off of something so that may be a little jarring for and, kids but it's so funny kids. and a curmu- or curmudgeonly uh, uh, George Clooney says the word hell a lot yeah. <laughs> yes. but the movie I think the standout part of it is its humor I mean yeah. people were laughing oh, yeah. the entire way yeah. through it so it's to see it yeah and the audience Disney we fans. saw it with obviously Disney fans Disney Vacation Club members um, I think the audience really responded well. Yeah. I mean, they were a really engaged audience. Yeah. It, it was just, I, you know, when I was talking earlier about a new golden age of Disney film, you know, we used to talk about the golden age of Disney animation when Little Mermaid first came out and how that spawned Beauty and the Beast and The Lion King and, and Aladdin. Um, but now we seem to be in a golden age that is spread across all disciplines. Yeah. So whether it's the live action, uh, the Marvel films, the... Walt Disney Animation, Pixar, they're just hitting on all cylinders with this stuff. And then I see a movie like this, this original story, live action, a lot of investment, a lot of talent behind it, directed by Brad Bird and uh, written by uh, Damon Damon Lindelof from Lost. Um, Right, Lindelof? Yeah, Damon Lindelof. So it opens in wide release on Friday, and uh, I think it's going to be hard. I think it's going to be tough to get a ticket. I know already... Um, downtown Disney AMC Theater sold out on opening day can't touch anything on Friday or Saturday wow um, so it's it's already I think I'm and I and I hope it makes its money I hope it does really well because not because I think that there should not be a sequel to this movie by no. the way there should be no Tomorrowland 2 but what I'm hoping is that if this is successful it shows that an original story that's not a reboot that's not a sequel can do well and be successful and might encourage Disney and other studios to do more of it. So, with that, that is going to do it for me this week. Coming up next, Dustin and the team are going to talk about Star Wars Weekends, including a review of the Galactic Dine-In Breakfast at the Sci-Fi Dine-In Restaurant at Hollywood Studios. So that is it for me. I hope you enjoyed the show. I'll be back with you again next time with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks for being with us, everyone. And remember, stay out of the damn lakes. (laughs) 